Hello, this is Caleb Heimlich, chairman of the Washington State Republican Party with another episode of the WA GOP Report. My guest on this episode is Matt Larkin. Matt, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Caleb. Good to be here. Yeah, so uh, first question, Matt, obviously we're, we're talking with you as a candidate for the 8th Congressional District, but can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Who is Matt Larkin? Sure. Well, Matt Larkin is uh, someone who cares about this state a lot. Uh, my roots go way back here, Caleb. We homesteaded, the Larkin family homesteaded here uh, over 165 years ago off the Oregon Trail. We, we planted a stake in the ground and, and we've been here a long time and I care about this place. I grew up here. I've been here my whole life. My wife and I are raising our four little kids here. Um, we have a family business here. I went to Gonzaga for law school, went past there and got a, an LLM degree. Uh, and then I went back east and worked for President Bush in the White House. I was a speechwriter and an attorney for him. Uh, I did that for his last year in office. Uh, his last day was my last day as Obama was getting sworn in. Uh, we were packing up our stuff and moving out. Uh, it was literally just like that. Um, met my wife at the White House and uh, married her and we moved back here to raise a family. Uh, I took a job as a prosecutor in Pierce County, uh, putting bad guys in jail before I got called to my family business. Uh, and that's where I've been until I uh, ran for attorney general in 2020 and took that tough fight to Bob Ferguson. Um, and uh, frankly, you can only dream about how this state would look different had I won that race. Uh, we wouldn't have any of the mandates that we saw. Hundreds of hundreds and hundreds of state employees would still have their jobs because we would have been pushing back on Governor Inslee at every single turn with the full weight of the attorney general's office. Uh, but that's kind of who I am. I'm a fighter. Uh, and then that's what I bring to, to this race. And that's why I'm in this, frankly, those four kids I mentioned a minute ago. Um, we got, they're all under 12, 12, nine, six, and three. Um, this is a heartfelt fight for me. Uh, we have got to take back the country and we've got to take back our state. We all feel it, Caleb. We feel this darkness. We feel this sense that the walls are kind of closing in on us. People are moving out. How many people do you know who've left the state? Uh, we know tons. In fact, I just heard today another family that we're close to is moving. Uh, and it's it's just so sad. We're losing them to Idaho, to Tennessee, to Arizona, to Florida, to Texas. Uh, but we've got to stand up. We've got to, to, to claim ground. We've got to hold ground and take back ground in Washington State. Uh, and that's why I'm doing it. I don't recognize this place anymore. Uh, I love this state. I'm so proud of this state. But my like, four kids, frankly, don't recognize the state that I grew up in. And I want them to be that proud of the state uh, that they're growing up in, because we're not going anywhere. We've got we've got to win some races here in Washington. Absolutely. Well, I was I was super impressed with you as a, a first time candidate. I mean, I met you at a fundraiser for Kathy in Spokane. Mm -hmm. We kind of uh, had a lot of conversations about where we could fit you and where you could run. And we encouraged you to run for AG. And I was super proud of how hard you worked running across the state and you did pretty well in a statewide race for your very first time. You're an incredibly hardworking candidate. I guess now, uh, as you said, you've got four kids. You could have gone back to the family business. Why, uh, why the 8th Congressional District? Why are you deciding to run for Congress here in 2022? Sure. Well, I mean, where do you start, right? Things have actually gotten worse since the election in 2020. It's hard to believe. We thought we'd hit rock bottom then. Uh, but that election came and went and things have gotten worse. 
not better. And we had some options as a family. We could have moved. I'd be lying if I said we didn't talk about it and pray about it as a family. Uh, I could have gone back to our family business. We own a, a third generation company here um, and employ over 600 people. Um, I'm proud of that. I'm an owner in that with my dad and my brother, and, and it's a big part of our lives. I could have easily gone back to that and kind of stuck my head in the sand and acted like, uh, well, I gave it my shot. I tried. I raised my hand and ran for attorney general. Uh, you guys figure it out. You save the state. Uh, but that wasn't the attitude. After a lot of prayer, we decided, you know what? We've got to keep fighting. We can't give up. We can't just keep yelling at the TV. We need good people, uh, moral people people of faith getting into these races and, and battling. Uh, and that's why we decided to run in the eighth. Uh, in fact, I did really, really well in the eighth congressional district in my attorney general race. And by really well, I mean, I won it with over 51% of the vote. Uh, and that's at the ballot box. That's not a poll. That's actual pencils to ballots. That's a real hard number. I got over 51% of the vote in the eighth district in 2020, which is a tough year, by the way, for Republicans. Uh, and 2022 is going to be a much better year, as everyone will admit, for Republicans. So imagine what we can do on that 51%. We're going to build on that. We're going to get 52, 53, hopefully 55% of the vote in the 8th Congressional District with this red wave. Uh, so that's why I, I did it, Kayla. That's why we decided as a family to, to not go away, uh, to not disappear from public life. Uh, we have a state to save. And frankly, in Congress, uh, everything I do for the state of Washington gets rippled by 49 other states. I get to affect 49 other states while trying to save my home state of Washington at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. As you've been traveling the 8th Congressional District, and I've seen you all over the place and attending lots of events and meeting with lots of people, uh, kind of what are the issues that you're hearing about, that people are concerned about, that you're kind of focusing on in your run for Congress? Sure. One of the unique things about uh, running, uh, well, first of all, one of the unique things about running statewide in 2020 was you got, I was in all 39 counties, every single one, uh, talking to people, listening to people, uh, and, and you're trying to get seven and a half million votes. Now I'm running for Congress and we're trying to get about 750,000 votes. So it's a microcosm of what I was doing. Um, and we go from, from almost 40 counties to now down to uh, five. It's crazy. Uh, and so, so what we're hearing as we go around are the same things I heard in 2020. They're just amplified. Uh, they're on steroids. People are still concerned about public safety. People are, are really panicking. Uh, the Washington state seen a murder rate increase of 48% year over year this year from last. That's outrageous. That's crazy. Seattle's seen the highest murder rate in 26 years. These things are really concerning to people in and around the 8th and in all of the counties. And I say this everywhere I go, Caleb, these aren't just uh, Seattle problems anymore. They're not just King County problems anymore. These things are spilling out. They're rippling out to all of the state. Uh, in Walla Walla, to Spokane, to Vancouver, to Bellingham, they're Everett, you name it, Tacoma, they're all having the same issues with homelessness, drug abuse, crime. 23,000 people are sleeping outside every night. They're homeless in Washington state. And that number is going up every single year. Uh, and yet nobody's doing anything about it. And it's fueled by a drug epidemic. These are things that affect everyone. And I used to say that I'm from Washington and I'd say it with a, with a kind of a pride. I'd say I'm from Washington state, Seattle. And people would go, wow, that's so cool. Coffee and grunge and, and sports and good food. And, and now I say it and I brace for it. 
because I know what their reaction is going to be. It's going to be, oh, oh, how are, how are things going out there? Because people in nationally view us as kind of a dumpster fire. And I, I mean that, uh, <laughs> well, real and figuratively, um, because because we've got real problems here. Those are the things people are caring about. Don't get me started on the public education system here in Washington state. Parents are fired up and guess who's one of them? Me. Guess who's another one? My wife, Shelly. We are pissed off at what's going on in our schools. We took our kids out. We homeschooled them last year uh, because we just had it. Uh, we're putting them back now uh, into the private Christian school because we don't want to mess with the public school education system. But a lot of people don't have that luxury. And we've got to give them that luxury. We've got to give parents back their voices in education. And frankly, we've got to give them back their choices in education because I'm a big proponent of school choice. Uh, and it's, an, it's, it's a disaster what we're seeing. And they're trying to indoctrinate our kids. They're trying to sexualize our kids. And that's not okay. So this is a personal fight for me. And these are things that I hear from people of all parties as they go around the district. They're concerned about their, what their kids are learning. They're concerned about public safety. Uh, and they're concerned about inflation. It's like, every, I, we could go on another 30 minutes about what they're concerned about. But these are the big three that I'm hearing. Every single person is getting a tax increase in Washington state. And that's not okay. Every single person is feeling it when you fill up your car at the pump. Every single person is feeling it when you go to buy groceries. These things are real and they're affecting people in Washington and they're really upset about them. And frankly, I am too. And that's why I'm running to do something about it, to take back the Washington that we remember and the Washington that we love. Uh, I'm not going anywhere, Caleb. We're going to win this primary uh, and we're going to move forward and we're going to beat Kim Schreier and take back the House. Awesome. Uh, and well, those are the exact same three issues that I'm certainly hearing everywhere I go as well. I mean, the concerns mm -hmm. about public safety, the education system, and then inflation, uh, just to focus in on kind of I guess, what can you as a, assuming you win this race, what can you as a member of Congress do uh, specifically related to public safety to help clean sure. up the streets and prosecute criminals? Kind of what, what do you see as the federal government role in that? Absolutely. And you know what? I rolled out a campaign slogan you may have heard uh, called Make Crime Illegal Again. Uh, and it's gotten national press, a lot of national press. I've been on Fox News a whole handful of times on Fox and Friends. Uh, there was a whole write-up in Fox about this congressional candidate out in Washington State who wants to make crime illegal again. And guess what? That's what we're going to do. And that starts by cracking down on criminals. It's tough love. Any parent will tell you that. There has to be a consequence for the action or the action will continue. Uh, and that goes along with defunding versus defending the police. We need to be supporting our brave men and women in blue, period, and stop. Uh, and, and, and we can do that from Congress. We, we have a huge platform to talk about these things that Kim Schreier, uh, my opponent, has abdicated on. She's not supporting our police at all. And frankly, from Congress, you control the purse strings. So I think we have a lot of sway in that arena in that we can talk about it, first of all, be a huge proponent for police. But second of all, we can tie federal funding dollars to communities that refuse to enforce the law. Uh, and I plan on doing that. And in doing so, we are going to make crime illegal again. Uh, these are things that we can really do from Congress. And I'm excited to do it because I want to take my kids to the parks again. So does my wife. She wants to go to the grocery store after dark and not worry about getting accosted, which is true, by the way. Uh, it's happened to her three times here. 
uh, in the small town of Woodenville. Like, come on, in Woodenville, she's getting accosted after sunset at the grocery store. She refuses to go, and I don't blame her. But this is not an these are not isolated incidents, and it's time we had a congressperson who's willing to stand up and and do something about it. We certainly don't have an attorney general who's willing to, or a governor who's willing to, and Kim Schreier is certainly not doing it. So I'm I'm going to make the hard decisions and do the hard things and step up. And we are going to make this state a safer place to live, period. Yeah. Well, I think this is an issue that, I mean, as we saw in the Seattle city attorney race in 2021, uh, mm -hmm. that cuts across the aisle. I mean, Democrats sure. want to be safe in their community. Independents care about having safety for their kids and for their families. So Absolutely. I think that's a, it's a huge winning issue for us because the and Democrats I, have totally dropped the ball. Yeah. And as we talk to soccer moms and a lot of our friends, guess what? We don't, we have some friends who are Democrats and that's hard to believe, but we do. And they're telling us the same thing. They're fed up with it. And these are these soft soccer mom Democrats who don't really even fully grasp why they're Democrats. They're just Democrats because they always have been or were, became in college. Uh, and they're saying, you know what, we're so glad that you're finally doing something about it. We're ready to vote for someone who's willing to actually tackle these hard problems. Uh, and frankly, it doesn't matter if I'm a conservative. People are hungry for leadership right now. Uh, and I guess that's a great time to say, yes, I, if you're wondering, I am a conservative. I'm a proud conservative. We don't have to whisper that anymore in Western Washington. Uh, we can say it proudly because people are ready to follow. People are ready to follow conservative principles, uh, and it's time we put a conservative into the 8th Congressional District, because this is the year to get one there. And once I'm there, you know exactly how I'm going to vote on important issues. So one of the, uh, I think, a big question, as I'm hearing from people, is a kind of just, a, just looking big picture, what can we realistically accomplish? I mean, I think there's the 8th Congressional District. We absolutely have to win it, and assuming we do, and we pick up four or five other seats across the country, we get Republicans in the majority, we fire Nancy Pelosi, hopefully we're gaining even more than four or five, hopefully it's a big red wave and we're gaining a couple dozen or more, but still uh, for the next two years at least, President Biden is going to be in the White House. So if Republicans flip the House, even if we flip the Senate, what do you think we can realistically do in those two years? And what would you like to see the Republican agenda be for the next uh, kind of two years? I think it's all steps, right? First, we take back the House. Like you said, we're five seats from taking it back. Five. That's insane. That's the tightest margin it's been since World War II. So once we do that, and we will, and, and the eighth is going to be one of those seats, then we control the purse strings. We can stop this Biden agenda dead in its tracks because we can dry up the funding for a lot of his social programs and a lot of these crazy leftist ideas that you're seeing coming out of the White House and from Congress. Uh, right now, he has a rubber stamp from the Senate and the House. That's not okay. If we can take back the single branch of the government, the House, guess what? We can do a lot to train wreck the Biden administration. Uh, and that's what we're planning on doing. From there, we propose ideas. Guess what? Conservatives have great ideas. And if the, if the, uh, messenger is good, they're winning ideas. Uh, they're, they're smart ideas. And if we espouse those, and if we talk about those and provide a, a way forward, kind of like the uh, like Newt Gingrich did, uh, we can make a contract with the American people and show them there is a better option. Show them that we need more power so that we can actually get a lot of this stuff done. Uh, and that's what I intend to do. I'm not going to go to Congress and blend into the walls. I'm going to go to Congress and be a leader on thought and a leader on ideas and a leader on conservative values and principles. Uh, and I think once we start doing that, we'll show the American people 
not through bills that we pass and that Biden probably doesn't sign, uh, but they're bills that we actually get passed. Uh, and we put them in, if he doesn't sign them, we put them on the back burner until we get a president who will. Uh, but that's how we're going to do it. Uh, and once we get to Congress, we'll have a platform to talk about this stuff. We will have an agenda from the House side. Uh, and it's going to be exciting to be a part of that and to be a part of shaping that. And that's how I intend to do it. I'm a hard worker, Caleb. Once I'm in Congress, you're, you're not going to hear the last of me. I'm not going to go to cocktail parties and disappear. I am going to roll up my sleeves and get to work. Because guess what? This I didn't sign up for this because it's easy. I signed up for it because it has to be done. Uh, my four kids are counting on it. It's not even about Shelly and I anymore. It's about our kids and their futures. And frankly, my grandkids who haven't been uh, created yet, but are coming down the road at some point. This country needs to be saved. And that's why I'm doing this. Yeah. And I think uh, a lot of people agree with you, agree with your agenda. And I think the big question for Republicans, for conservatives is, is how do we win? Uh, obviously, because in order to impact uh, our state government or federal government, in order to uh, start to turn the tide and save our country, we got to win. So what's the path look like for you to, to win the primary, but then also win in November? Sure. Well, we, we got to get momentum and that's what we've got. We've got, I was just talking about it last night to, at, a, at a rally. We've got more volunteers than we know what to do with right now. The grassroots effort is huge for my race. People are hungry for conservative leaderships and they for conservative leadership and they sense this is a chance to put a conservative into office in the 8th congressional district. It's exciting. Uh, we have enough funds to do what we need. We're raising money like mad right now uh, and we're going to have an aggressive ad campaign. I'm a hustler like I said a few minutes ago. You're going to see me a lot more out there in neighborhoods going door to door talking to people. Uh, we're gaining endorsements left and right. I got Adam Fortney, the Snohomish County Sheriff, who I admire endorsing me. Uh, the Pierce County Sheriff's endorsing me. We got Kathy Lambert, the King County Councilwoman, endorsing me, as well as Amy Kruver on the Pierce County Council. Seattle Police Guild has endorsed me. Uh, people are getting behind my race, uh, and it's exciting. And the best endorsement we have yet is the Pierce County Republican Party. They have unanimously chosen me as their candidate for the 8th Congressional District. People are rallying to this cause. I think they see the passion in what I'm saying. They see the, the, the hunger to, to change things and they're getting behind it. So that's how we're going to win it. We're not going to win it with, with a few big checks. We're going to win it with a lot of small checks and small donors and big uh, pushes out in our communities and sign wavings and all sorts of things like that. That's how we win elections at the grassroots. Uh, and that's what my campaign's doing. And it's exciting. I got a good website. It's larkin4congress.com, L-A-R-K-I-N, the number four, Congress. Uh, you can go on there. You can check out more about what I'm talking about. You can see clips of me on Fox News. Uh, you can see cute pictures of my kids. Uh, the whole works are up there. You can donate there too, by the way. We need that. Um, but, but, but it's all hands on deck. This isn't the time to sit at home. This is the time to get behind me to get behind a candidate who can win, like I've proven I've won in the eighth already, uh, to get behind a candidate who can win and a candidate with a good message. And then once you win, the candidate with the best chance of voting the way you want them to vote once they're in Congress, which is me. All right, Matt Larkin, thank you very much. I appreciate the passion. I appreciate the energy. I'm grateful that you're not moving to Idaho, to Tennessee, that you're, standing, <laughs> that you're fighting. Yeah, uh, I wish you went anywhere. That's good. I appreciate that. I wish you the best and uh, we appreciate you coming on and we will talk to you again soon. Absolutely. I'm glad you're sticking around too, for the record. Yeah, we're here. 
All that's right. it. That's the message to everyone. Do you put off the move to Idaho, to Tennessee, to Texas? We can save this state. We can save our country in the process. Right. So get involved. Pick the candidate. Get involved with the campaigns. Get involved with the party. Uh, we've got six months to save things and we can turn it around. So thank Absolutely. you for thank you for what you're doing, Matt. And thank you, everybody, for joining us today. Yeah. Thanks, Caleb. Have a great day.